As I said a few moments ago, I, I was in a uh, uh, leadership conference, and I just, I'm telling you, it just blessed me so much. I want to read you just some of the quotes. I mean, uh, these are just quotes out of, of, of phenomenal messages I, I heard from these guys. Uh, here's one, Gerald Brooks. He's the one that, the, that puts on this conference every year, and his, his deal is, uh, he wants to facilitate and, 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 and resource pastors. In fact, it cost me $40 to go here, and I got about $600, $700 worth of stuff when I left. So it was a great deal. I got a little projector that you just wouldn't believe. It's about twice as big as this, and you can plug any, anything into it, Jim, and project on the wall somewhere. It's just amazing. Uh, so they're just really cool. But here is one. He said, and this, is, this got me, all readers are not leaders. But all leaders are readers. Think about that a little bit. Here's another one by a guy named Dale Bronner. Influence isn't a goal to be achieved, but the fruit of a life well lived. And then there's the one, Diego Mesa. We have to be tougher than our toughest day. Here's another one from Gerald Brooks. Our gift doesn't define our life. Our life defines our gift. Uh, just so, I mean, just great things. And so I'm sure you'll be hearing more things. And uh, from that, it really made a difference in me. It helped get me focused on the coming year to be able to, to plan for uh, what God's doing for us. And not just today, but in the, in the near future. And so just gave me some good equipping, some inspiration, some in, in, information, and, in, and just all those things. So so uh, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled about the future because of what these guys have invested in me. And so uh, thank you for allowing us to go. Turn in your Bible to Joshua chapter 3. Uh, and while you're turning there, I got a little bit of James Brown anointing on me this morning. Anybody know what the James Brown anointing is? Some of the careful pastor. Hey, hey, it's just, I feel good. Amen. Some of you need that. Look around. If, if you see somebody that looks pretty pathetic, lay hands on them and say, Lord, help them feel good in the name of Jesus. Amen. I feel good today, and I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate your, your uh, uh, standing with us. Beverly and I prayed for you this morning. Oh, here's a quote. Here's a quote from Gerald that really got me. And so this morning, I, couldn't, I could not not do this. He said, your stage time has to be, has to be less than your prayer time. Or your prayer time's got to match or do more than your stage time. If you get that, in other words, if you're, he said, you can, you can preach good without praying much. But he said, your, your prayer time has to be equal or more than your stage time. So this morning, Beverly got up. I was in full mode. I said, Gerald Brooks said, my prayer time has to be greater than my stage time. So I, I didn't want to offend that. So I feel good this morning. Turn around and tell your neighbor, how about you? Do you feel good this morning? Feel okay? Amen. Uh, are you in Joshua chapter 3? We're going to conclude. I think we're going to conclude. In fact, this is, as we've been talking about, I'm, giving you, I'm going to give you the 12th point here of this series. I may next week go back and review them all. I don't know. I'm going to think about that a little bit. But this officially concludes our series called Uncharted Waters, Navigating Your Way into God's Perfect Plan. Now, before I jump into that, let me give you some t statistics I heard this week that just, I knew it was the case, but I didn't, somebody smarter than me did the research. And here's the research. And here, and I share this with you to share with you the challenge of pastoring people. Here's the research. Back in the 70s and early 80s, a pastor could rest on the fact 
that on any given Sunday, 70 to 75% of his people would be in attendance on any given Sunday. Okay, you get it? That's the late 70s, 70%. So he knew that when he got up and shared that he was going to be able to impact at least 70 to 75% of his people. In the 80s, it moved to a 60-40. In other words, in the 80s, pastors began to realize, I didn't, I, I didn't quite catch it to this degree, that on any given Sunday, only 60% of his people uh, would, would be there. And so think about the quandary of a 12-part series. And then in the 2000s, when we broke the two, you know, into the, the, the new millennium, it moved to 50-50. And so, for example, if a pastor got up and shared a four-part series, the statistics show that his people only got two of the four. And in the recent, two, in 2010, the preliminary figures are it has gone all the way to 40-60. That on any given Sunday, a pastor knows that only 40% of his people are going to be there on any given Sunday. Now, I don't, that, those are alarming statistics. And how many of you think we ought to turn that around for the glory of God? In fact, uh, listen, I, just, I learned so many things about me and about people. I'm just going, Lord Jesus, we, we need a revelation and a restoration in our life. Uh, uh, here's one I learned. The longer a person serves or stays in your church, the less involved they become. We've got to turn that around. Amen. A lot of things. And so as I thought about this series, and I thought, you know, if we're at the 50-50 mode, at very best, most of you have only heard six and now these 12 uh, sessions on uncharted waters navigating your way into God's perfect plan for your life. And so I wouldn't dare ask you how many you've, you've been here for. Some have been here for all of them. Uh, I, I've not even been here for all of them because I was out two Sundays and, and uh, Josh shared a message and Ryan shared a message. And so I'm a, I've got a little bit of a statistical issue going on with me as the pastor. In fact, I talked to Clay coming in. I said, Clay, somebody give him a visitor card. I hadn't seen him in a while. He said, well, I was here for a whole month and didn't see you, but twice. And I said, you're right. You got me. Uh, because uh, September was a very unique uh, uh, month for us, and I explained all that. So, so now I've realized the challenge of communication with your people uh, is, is it not only try to get that statistic turned around, but you've got to communicate in a way that every Sunday it would in some sense stand alone, but could build upon a theme that we've been working on. So I really believe that's the case with this series, but uh, I want you to plug in and, and, and engage with me for the next few moments. Uh, and let me say this, if you miss these, they're all online. All except one that for some reason didn't get it recorded. We forgot to punch the web button, and so it didn't get recorded. They're on iTunes. You can download them on your iPod, your iPhone, your iPad, uh, or whatever, whatever other device you might have. And, hey, because this is hugely important. In fact, this morning is going to be hugely important in, in you learning how to navigate your way into God's perfect plan for your life. And the keynote verse is Joshua chapter 3. As you know, the we've been looking at the children of Israel and, and they've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and Moses uh, is dead and Joshua is now leading the people into the promises of God. And he says in verse 4, he talks about you got to keep your eye on the Ark of the Covenant, which was the manifest presence of God for them. And they followed, if you remember in the wilderness, they followed the fire by night and the cloud by day and the, and the Ark of the Covenant led the way. And he said, 
this, yet there shall be a space between you and it, speaking of the Ark of the Covenant, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. Everyone say, I've not passed this way before. There's a, you know, our future, we've never passed this way before now. And for us, it's uncharted waters. But for God, hey, he's got it all figured out. We've just got to plug into his plan and get into his, his mindset. And that's what these past 12 Sundays or these past 11 Sundays have been about. I've been giving you, we've been giving you, our ministry team gave you, today will be the 12th, 12 life lessons of spiritual progress. All of them are standalone messages, but they all work together. And if I had time, I'd review them. And they're all designed to lift the burden of the unknown off your life and, and lighten the load of unrighteous living and, and lead you into God's unwavering purposes for your life. So I challenge you to go back there. And in fact, some of these messages will, if you missed them, you missed a life-changing opportunity. Let me just go through them quickly. The first one was embrace the promises. That's what Joshua did when he moved the children of Israel into the promised land. The second one was the priority of God's presence. We learned that we don't need his promises without his presence. Amen. You've got to have his presence in your life to lead you. Then the other one was the fear not factor. Everybody say fear not. You can't fear the future. You've got to have faith. And then the taming of the tongue. Everybody go. Hurr. Oh man, that's a biggie. And I encourage you, I challenge you. To go back and listen to that and realize that, hey, our tongue uh, either connects us or disconnects us from the will of God. Let me say that again. Our tongue either connects us with God and his plan or disconnects us from God and his plan. It just depends on how you're talking. And, uh, and so it's important to tame the tongue and then focus on forward. That was Ryan's message. And, and sadly to say, that was the one that we didn't push the red button. And so he's not recorded. And he'll preach it again for you, I promise, if you want him to. Because he's got a kind of a, some kind of weird photographic memory and he can do that. Uh, and then preparing to possess. Uh, we've got to prepare our lives. You know, there's nothing worse than a promise from God, but no preparation to get there. You see, just because you have a promise doesn't mean you've got, you don't need to prepare yourself. Joshua told the children of Israel, prepare provisions for yourselves. For tomorrow or in two days from now, you're going to go in and possess the land. And then endure the process. Everyone say endure the process. Oh, that's important. We've got to have endurance. Then we talked about being equipped for, con oh, pardon me, declaring the miraculous by Josh and speaking the declared miracle power of God over your life will press you forward into God's purpose for your life and then equipped for conflict. How many of you know just because we got a promise doesn't mean there's not going to be a battle to obtain the promises of God? And so you got to be ready for battle. And then we talked about clarity of vision. Without a vision, the people do what? They parents. We've got to get a vision from God. And then last Sunday, we talked about teamwork. All of those messages are hugely important to you to get you moving forward and navigating your way into God's perfect plan for your life. And today is no exception. Today, I want to talk to you about life lesson number 12 of navigating your way into the purposes and promises of God and his plan for your life. And it is this. Everyone say it with me. Never forget. Never forget. 
There's some things in life that we need to forget, and we won't talk about that. We know that, uh, you know, the Bible says, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. And from the totality of Scripture, we know he's not talking about remembering the good things of God that he has done in your life. And it's interesting to me as I've studied the Bible, how much God has instructed us, instructed and developed systems and measures and, 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 and ordinances in our life to keep us and to help encourage us and to keep us from forgetting what he has done for us. Everyone say never forget. When you look at Joshua chapter four, that whole chapter is God instructing the children of Israel as they cross over the, the, uh, the, what they cross over? The River Jordan, pardon me. Uh, as they crossed over the River Jordan, God pushed the waters back. And the instruction of God was to take 12 men, one from each tribe. In other words, not everybody's got to get a grip on this. Everyone say, everybody's got to get a grip on this. Not just one tribe, not just the preacher, not just the pastor, not just the priest, not just the prophet, not just the singers or the, or the Sunday school work. Everybody's got to get a grip on this one. And he said, have them all pick up a stone. And as they, after everyone's crossed over, I want you to go back. And each one of these leaders from the 12 tribes are going to build a memory, a memorial of memory as to what God has done for them here this day. And so the first thing, now catch this. The first thing that God speaks to the children of Israel as they're moving into the promised land is this. Don't ever forget it. Look at your neighbor and say, don't ever forget it. In fact, build a, build a memorial to the memory of what God has done in your life. In fact, he says, when your kids, years and years later, you read this Joshua 4, it's there. Uh, and he said, when your kids come, you tell your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids to the second, third, fourth generation. You tell them how God, come on now, I said I feel good. And you tell them how God brought you out of the land of Egypt and through the wilderness and uh, through the Red Sea and through the Jordan, supernaturally took care of you, even 40 years and brought you miraculously into the promised land, into a land flowing with milk and honey. Don't ever forget it. Amen. And for us today, this is so pro profoundly important for us as well. In fact, when you look in Deuteronomy, the instructions of Moses, God to Moses to the people, in Deuteronomy, uh, there's at least 10 places and maybe more because I didn't, I didn't uh, study it in, in depth, at least 10 places where there's a direct instruction by God to Moses and to the children of Israel, don't ever forget what I did for you when I brought you out of Egypt and brought you into the promise land. Everyone say, don't ever forget. Amen. Uh, and so, and let me just say for our, those babies that are crying, if we need, we got nursery and help out there. If you'd like to take advantage of that, we appreciate that as well. And God wants us to remember what he's done for us. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, don't ever forget. And so when you study Deuteronomy, you see these principles over and over and really all throughout Scripture. In fact, let me just say this to you. The problem with the children of Israel was they kept forgetting. They kept forgetting. Deuteronomy 4.9, he says, hey, don't forget it. Don't forget what I've told you to do. But the children of Israel, they kept forgetting every time they turned around. In fact, Judges chapter 8, verse 34 says, and the children of Israel did not remember the Lord, their God, who had delivered them from Egypt. They didn't remember. Psalm 78, David said this, they did not remember his power. 
Psalm 106 verse 7, speaking of the children of Israel, they did not remember the multitude of your mercies. They were always forgetting. Everybody say, don't ever forget. And so, for us today, we've got to embrace the reality that God Almighty wants us. In fact, he's developing a, he's developed a biblical precedence, if you will, a biblical precedence for, for us to develop a great level of remembrance to, uh, uh, for all the things that he's done for us in our life. In fact, uh, Genesis 9, 16, uh, the rainbow. How many of you remember the rainbow? What's the rainbow for? It's there to help us remember what God has done for us. Amen? In fact, Exodus 13, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. What's that there for? If you read it, hey, we don't have time. If you went through it, Exodus 13, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, it's an ordinance that he told the children of Israel to do uh, that uh, all it was was to help them remember all the things that God had done, how he brought them out of Egypt and delivered them. God set up a system of remembrance for us, and he instructed us to remember. Everybody say, you got to remember. Amen. And I don't know, uh, Ike, where my, where my notes are. It doesn't seem like I'm lining up. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Help me get move forward. Ten times in Deuteronomy, God instructed the children of Israel to remember. Problem was that they were always forgetting. And so there's a biblical principle and precedent for us to remember all that God has done for us. Uh, in fact, over and over in Scripture, 1 Chronicles 16, 15 says, remember the, his covenant forever. Numbers 15, this was a neat one. Numbers 15, he told, he told the children of Israel to put tassels on your clothes to help you remember all the things that he said to you and done for you. That's kind of like, you ever, t- you ever have your kid go, go to school and you pin something to his clothes? You know, because you know he's going to forget. He's supposed to take this to his mom and daddy or, or to, his, to his teacher. Or the teacher. Has your teacher ever pinned anything to your kid's clothes? It's kind of funny to me how, how God said, okay, you got to put some tassels on your clothes, little kids, so you don't forget what I've told you and taught you how, what to do and how to do it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. In fact, Psalms 105 verse 5, rem, the, the word says, remember his marvelous works. Luke 22, verse 19. What did Jesus say when he broke the bread and drank the wine? He said, this is my body. This is my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, do so in what? In remembrance of me. And we do that every month here. Why? Because God does not want us to forget what he did for us on Calvary's cross. In fact, I find it interesting that the angels of God, this, when, when Jesus rose from the dead, uh, that the disciples came, oh no, someone's stolen his body. And there's angels. Okay, get the picture. And they're thinking somebody stole his body. Now, you know what the angel said in Luke, I think it's Luke, let me see, Luke chapter 24. The angel said, oh, you just need to remember what he was telling you back in Galilee. And if you'll just remember what he said you'll understand that he rose from the dead. And so, when you look at Scripture, it's the remembrance principle. Because if we ever forget what he's done for us, we're in serious trouble and our spiritual progress is stopped. Are you with me? 
And so all throughout Deuteronomy and all throughout the Bible, there's instructions and insight and guidance from God. Never forget. Everyone say never forget. In fact, the word remember, this is interesting to me. The word remember in the Hebrew in most of the places where it's translated remember, it means to mark it down. Everyone say mark it down. Have you ever told anybody this? You better mark my words, brother. Have you ever said that? That's the word. Mark it down. Everyone say mark it down. It means to, to, to make a mark and to do something that would cause you to remember. Mark it down. Now, very quickly, I'm going to give you two, uh, uh, two different ways of developing a me- mega memory here. I'm going to give you some, some Deuteronomy insight and how to build a mega memory to the good things that God has done in your life. And we'll look at some Deuteronomy passages. In fact, we'll look at Deuteronomy, and I'm going to give you seven. In fact, turn to Deuteronomy 6. While you're turning to Deuteronomy 6, let me, let me read something for you in Deuteronomy 4, uh, verse 9, I think it is. It says, only take heed to yourself, this is Deuteronomy 4, 9, and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and grandchildren. So, in the beginning of God's insight and instruction to the children of Israel, God speaks to Moses about the people and says, build within them a memory of all that God has said and all that God has done. And take heed to yourselves unless you forget. And, and, and embrace these instructions instructions and these these directives and these commandments of the Lord. And so when you look in Deuteronomy 6, there's a lot of things here you and I can embrace. I'm just going to give you seven things that about the uh, obeying and embracing the command of God and all that he set us to do and how they'll help us build a, a mega memory. I'm going to do them quickly so you write them down fast. The first one is this. If you want to build a mega memory from Deuteronomy 6, here it is. You got to hear him. Everyone say hear him. Look in verse, we'll read verse 1 to give some context. Now this is the commandment and these are the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you're crossing over to possess. That you may fear the Lord your God and keep all his statutes and his commandments. Look what he says. Uh, It says, uh, and his commandments, which I command you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life, and uh, that your days may be prolonged, that you hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it. Let me just say, the more you hear him, the more you remember him. The more you open up your heart to hear what he has to say, the more you can remember of what he has to say and what he's declared you to do. So, hey, you want to build a mega memory? Keep your ears attentive to the word of God. (coughs) Pardon me. And his will in your life. Number two, out of Deuteronomy 6, building a mega memory. Not only hear him, but love him. Look what he says in verse 6. Oh, gosh, there's so much here. Uh, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your what? Strength. How many of you know love has a way of keeping you in remembrance of the good times? Amen. You know, when you fall out of love with somebody, just that, now this is not a, 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 a hard, fast rule, but. If you slowly, your love slowly fades, you know what you have done? You've forgotten about when you fell in love. You forgot how the sparks flew and how the heart was, was touched. And the more you love him, the more you can remember him and remember all that he's taught you 
and, and desires for you. Number three, building a mega memory, reverence him. Look in verse 13, it says this, you shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall make oaths in his name. Fear the Lord, reverence him. That means to respect him. How many of you know people you respect, you tend to remember what they say? Did you know why a lot of kids don't obey people? They, because they have no respect. They've not been taught to respect authority. You start respecting authority, you're going to remember what they say. And we won't go down that road. But how many of you know, when we respect God and we realize, hey, he's God Almighty, he's in, he's in charge, and, and we respect him and reverence him, it'll help us remember. You know, I've, I've had to get the respect of my children to know that, hey, what I say is what I mean, and what I mean is what I say. And they gain some reverential awe and respect over the years as my children, me as their father, that if that they knew that if they crossed a certain line, they're going to receive some correction from their father. And so they have a reverential respect and all that. Hey, he means what he says and he says what he means. We've got to reverence him and realize, hey, it'll build a, it'll build a mega memory in our life. The third one, the fourth one is to serve him. He says to fear the Lord there in that same passage of scripture in Deuteronomy 6, 13 and, and fear him and serve him. How many of you know if you're really serving somebody, you're going to understand and know what they need and you're going to remember what they desire from you? Are you with me? How many of you love people? You don't have to tell them twice. They get it. And they say, okay, I know. I got it. Don't worry about it. I got it. Why? They, they, they have a heart of a servant and they remember the desires of those who they serve and the words and the instructions of those who they serve. And the, and the fifth one is promise him. It says you shall fear him and serve him and make oaths in his name. Everyone say make oaths. Make oaths in his name. In fact, the, I think maybe King James says uh, has this word swear. It's not a bad word, but this is an interesting word. It, it's talk, we're talking about promising him. It says take oaths in his name. This word oaths, it means that you declare it, your allegiance, if you will, and your promise seven times. In other words, there's a repetitive nature to this. How many of you know repetition has a way of helping you remember things? And he says, take oaths in his name, swear in his name. In other words, seven times if necessary, you get it down in your spirit, your commitment level and your connection level and, and, and your reverence level to God Almighty and, and just get it down and mark it down. Somebody say, mark it down. And so uh, we, we make promises to him. You see, our word is our bond. Our word is, 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 is either worth something or it's not. And, and God says, what you need to do is you need to continue to repeat, not just for his sake, but for your sake, your commitment to him and your, uh, and your honor to him and your allegiance to him. Just keep saying it over and over again. I swear to God, I will not ever turn my back on you, Lord. I will never forget what you've done for me. Come on, somebody say amen. So we promise him and we obey him. Deuteronomy 6, 17 and many other places. You shall diligently, diligently keep the command of the Lord your God, his testimonies and his statutes. In other words, walk in a level of obedience to God. You've got to obey him. And then number seven, this is an important one to help you big, build a mega memory. Share him. 
You see, you share with others. In fact, verse 20 talks about that same thing that we talked about earlier. You tell your children about all that God has done for you. When your son asks you in time to come saying, what is the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you? You shall say to your son, we were slaves in Pharaoh, of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe, against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. Then he brought us up out. Man, I'm getting happy right now just talking about what God did for them. I'm telling you, when you begin to share him, when you begin to declare to others uh, that what God has done in your life, it establishes a memory bank of what God has done in your life. And the more you share him, the more you remember. Amen. Everyone say, hear him. Come on, everybody say, hear him. Everybody say, love him. Everybody say, reverence him. Everyone say, serve him. Everyone say, promise him. Obey him and share him. You start plugging into those things about all that he's done for you, you'll begin to develop a memory bank, a memorial of remembrance of all that God has done for your life, and you will never forget. Look at your neighbor and say, never forget. If you forget, listen, if you forget what God has done for you, like the children of Israel did, you'll get stuck and never arrive into the destiny of God for your life. Are you with me? Because what he's done for you is fuel for what, where he's taking you. What he has done for you in the past is fuel and provides faith to get you where he, want you to be, where he wants you to be, right? Now, let me give you three simple practical thoughts. Are you with me? Let me give you three practical things about developing a mega memory. Number one is record. Joshua 4, when God spoke to, uh, to Joshua and told him to build them, have the 12 leaders of the 12 tribes build a, a memorial of remembrance, it was in a sense a record of remembrance. In a sense, a writing it down. In fact, remember what I said about the word remembrance? Mark it down. Everyone say mark it down. Now, I've got a little technology here that helps me remember. This is my secretary. I type it in and, I, and, it, and funny, funny things happen if you, if you enter it correctly. You, you can just willingly forget and, and all of a sudden, remember, oh, I got to go to church in the morning. In fact, that'd be good for y'all if you have one of these. Just go ahead and enter in Sunday at about 9 o'clock. Pastor Sam said, come to church. Oh, yeah. I got a tassel on my... I'm going to carry a tassel around to remind me to go to church. Where I can break that 50-50 deal. Hello! In fact, I might just manufacture you a big tassel. And it's a big, pretty tassel. And you wear it around. Fight yourself till I'm supposed to come to church. <laughs> this thing helps me remember. Where's Ryan? Ryan, where are you? Bless Ryan's heart. His whole world was on his laptop. All his business connections. All his sermons. And it got stolen. And Ryan has learned a valuable lesson. That the computer has no real value. 
It's what was inside it that needed to be backed up. And I can guarantee you, Ryan will never own another computer that is not backed up. <laughs> this thing is so cool that it has a system called iCloud that it'll back it up for you without you even knowing it. That if you lose this phone, all the info there is out in the clouds somewhere that you can re retrieve at any given moment to help you remember. And so, hey, hey, we've got to record in our, in fact, the Bible says, write down on the tablet of your heart God's word and what he's done in your life. And, and if you can't do that, write it down somewhere and send it off into the cloud so you can come back. And, but you've got to record this thing. Because you will forget. Everyone say, we will forget if we don't record it. If you don't write it down. If you don't mark it down, you will forget. If you don't build a memorial stone or whatever it is, you know, how many of you refrigerator got stuff tagged all over it? Just, you, you know, you have to kind of get a chainsaw out to even get in. You know, what is all this? You know, things flying around. You know what a lot of that is? It's memory, things to remember, things that are important, things that are, uh, you know, that's our methodology many times of remembering, you know, the feasts that I talked about, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread for the children of Israel. You know what? They were backing it up every time they did the feast. We're backing our, up our memory bank. Uh, we're, we're downloading it all again and coming back to the reality that God brought us out of Egypt and brought us into this promised land. Somebody say, hallelujah. You got to record it. Every time you take the, the bread and the cup, you're backing up your memory bank. What God has done for you on Calvary's cross. The price he paid so you and I could have newness of life. So everyone say record it. And write it down. Send it to the cloud. Do something to record it. And then the second thing is, the second practical principle of developing a mega memory is rehearse it. You know, some people rehearse all the wrong things. If you, if some people rehearse the curse, you know, you don't re rehearse the curse. You rehearse the good things of God. Now, follow me. De now, David, let me just pause. David was a great, he had a mega memory to the th of the things that God had done for his life. In fact, he, Psalm 42, verse 6, I love how the message says this. Listen to this. Hey, hey if, you, if you were out of gear up until, right, until now, clicking gear right here. Psalm 72, talking about rehearsing the good things of God. Look what the message says. David said, when my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know of you. I love that. David said, when my soul is in the dumps. You ever been in the dumps? You ask some people, how you doing? Oh, pretty good under the circumstances. They're in the dumps. David said, when my soul is in the dumps, you know what I'm going to do to get out of the dumps? I'm going to begin to rehearse everything I know about you. I'm rehearsing the blessings of God in my life. Some of you listen carefully. The only thing you rehearse is the curse. The only thing you rehearse is somebody, you sing the somebody done me wrong song every day. It's time to get that all, all it's time to wipe that off the memory banks. Come on now. Isn't it mad? It's time to wipe it off. We can't be rehearsing the curse. We've got to rehearse all the good things that God has done for us and began to say, when I'm down in the dumps, I'm going to rehearse all the good things you've done for me. Amen. Psalm 77, the whole song 
is about remembering what God has done for us. Psalm 103. I love this one. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his whole. I don't know if I can get this last night. Then he says, and forget not all his benefits, who heals your diseases, brings you up out of the pit. All, what's he saying? Don't forget. Just keep rehearsing all the good things that he's done for you. Amen, Chad? You got to rehearse it. Psalm 143, verse 5 says, I rem- oh, and I love this one. You might want to look this up later. Psalm 143, 5. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. What's he saying? I'm marking it down. I'm marking it down. I'm meditating on all your works. I muse at the works of your hands. You see, you got to record the good things of God. You've got to rehearse the good things of God. In fact, today, I believe somebody, it, it, you're gonna, it's going to break off you today, this, this rehearsal of all the bad things. Somebody taught you that, but they taught you wrong. How many of you know everything you learn is not good? You learn from somebody how to rehearse the curse, how to rehearse all the bad things, and just say all the negative, just speak it, spew it out. And you know what? Because your words, you, you either stifle or, 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 or energize the plan of God for your life. You got to quit rehearsing those things. You ever met anybody like that? How you doing? Oh, well, I'm pretty good, but you know what? Well, I'm getting with that. Well, when this happened, well, back in eighty, but in nineteen eighty, it's just can't rehearse the hurricane. It's just got you by the, you know, by by your heart. You got to break loose from that. Everyone say, record it, rehearse it, and then number three. I love this one. Rejoice over it. Rejoice. Bless the Lord, Psalm 103, verse 2, and all, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, and forget not all his benefits. You see, the more you praise him for it, the more you cannot forget what he did for you. Amen. In fact, David, who was a master at remembering the things of God, he was also one who worshiped the Lord with all his heart, with all his life. He blessed the Lord even in the hard times. Read those Psalms I shared with you. Read Psalm 77 107, and Psalm 103 and all the Psalms. He's just praising God even in the bad times. And he's learning to realize he's got to be tougher than his toughest day. You record it, rehearse it, and rejoice over it. And you will never forget it. Amen. Now today, it's a bittersweet day for me. Today is my friend Dave Bell's birthday. And most of you know that early in May, he came to church one morning early to prepare for his message, sat down at his desk and leaned back and went to heaven. Dave was a worshiper. He was a worshiper. There's never been, probably never will be, another Dave Bell. Anyone who can come. He was so right-hearted. And I got a gift from his son by email today. And it was an email link where I can download every Dave Bell recording that there ever was. 
There's one on YouTube that is not a professional recording, but it was just Dave playing the piano. And I'm going to ask us to stand. And I'm going to ask Ike, because this song right here will help you rejoice. Let's stand up. Come on, stand up. And this is Dave on his birthday today. I don't know when this was recorded, but uh, Ike, if you can just play, it's not a perfect recording, but if you can just play this and just close your eyes and just begin to remember the good things of God. Amen. Do we have audio? Maybe not. I threw, threw this at him at the last minute. Just nod her. All right, while they're working on that, let's just bow our heads and begin to thank God for all he's done for us today. Lord, we, we, we want to remember. We don't want to forget. We want you, Lord, to be glorified in our midst today. Lord, help us to record it, to rehearse it, and Lord, to never forget and to rejoice in all that you've done for us today. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, if you're here today and you've been re rehearsing all the wrong things, you can say, Pastor, I need some things broken off my life because all I can do is rehearse the curse. You got to be bold right now. Some of you have been blessing so many other people with your curse by you just keep rehearsing it. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to be bold and lift your hand wherever you are. So that's me, Pastor. I have a tendency to rehearse the curse. I see some hands going up. Somebody else, your heart's beating fast, but you say, I can't lift my hand because that'll confess I got a problem. There you go. I see your hand. You got to lift it up. Hey, man, there you go. There you go. You can put them down. You can put them down. Anybody else? I've been rehearsing the curse. Today, I'm going to break that thing off my life. Father, today, I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. I thank you, Lord God, that you're a faithful God. And Lord, today, for these that lifted their hand this morning, Lord, you, they're remembering all the wrong things. Lord, you, there's some things we've got to forget. And I pray, God, they'd be able to leave those things right here in this house today, right here in the altar of God, Lord, right where they sit, Lord. And if you lifted your hand, say, Lord, I'm leaving that right here today. I'm never going to pick it up again. I'm never going to rehearse it again. I'm never going to allow it to have power over my life again. Come on, you've got to get brave and bold with this. You've got to get aggressive. This thing is not having a, taking authority over my brain, my thoughts any longer. I'm not rehearsing the curse. I'm rehearsing the good things of God. And when I get down in the dumps, I'm going to rehearse all the good things you've done for me. We break it off our lives today. In the name of Jesus, for your glory and for your honor, we pray, Lord. We give you all the credit and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Now, if you lifted your hand, you just say, I receive it today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.